Today we're continuing our I Love to Tell the Story sermon series, and we'll be looking at the story of the parable of the lost sheep. Before we open up God's word, let's come before him in a time of prayer. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, you invite us to come before you just as we are. Thank you that you meet us in the midst of our joy and our excitement, and that you also meet us when we are feeling discouraged and struggling. We ask today that you would speak to us wherever we may be at, be at work in us by your Holy Spirit so that we can hear what you have to say to us. God, you know us completely. The psalm says that that you've knit us together in our mother's womb. You know us from the, the top of our head to the tips of our toes. You see all of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And your response to to what you see is not to turn away or, or run the other direction, but your response is to always move towards us with redeeming, restoring, healing love. This morning, as we... We take a look at this story of the parable of the lost sheep. Help us to see that that's what you've done and that's what you continue to do through the person and work of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. This morning, to help us get into the text that we're going to be looking at, I've brought with me a friend. This is Lammy. And Lammy is special to me because Lammy reminds me of my very first memory of God. Now, some people can point back and tell dramatic conversion stories and and point to the exact date when they became a Christian. My story is different. Yes, there have been times and moments where I've rededicated and recommitted my life to God. But I can't tell you the day when I first asked Jesus into my heart. And that's because... I have, in some ways, always been a follower of God. When I was a baby, I I was baptized, and in that moment, I became part of the church family, part of the community. In that moment, God said to me, Nicole, you are my beloved child. And as I grew older, I I didn't so much come to faith as I, I grew into that identity that God had given me in my baptism. I am a child of God. And when I used to go to sleep, I I remember when I was a little girl, my parents would tuck me into bed, and before bed, we'd sing this song. Jesus, tender shepherd, hear me. Bless your little child tonight. In your precious care, please keep me safe until the morning light. Amen. And I remember falling asleep with my arms wrapped tightly around my stuffed lamb, knowing that that God, my tender shepherd, had his arms wrapped around me. And somehow, even more than I loved my favorite stuffed animal, God loved me, his little lamb, his little one. This morning, we're looking at at the parable of the lost sheep from Matthew chapter 18. In this text, Jesus says, 
See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, will he not leave the ninety-nine and go after to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he will be happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that one of these little ones should perish. Jesus uses this story to teach his disciples an important lesson about the kingdom of God. You see, earlier in the chapter, in Matthew chapter 18, the disciples come to Jesus and and they ask, Jesus, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They wanna know how the kingdom of heaven will be structured. Who will have power? They wanna know what they can do to make sure that they get a good place in God's kingdom. They know how it works in the kingdom of earth. They know what it means to be great here. We do too. We know what it means to to be born with natural talent, graced with beauty. To be great is is to work hard to reach the top of our fields, to earn enough to, to live comfortably and enjoy the finer things in life, to be looked up to, admired. We want to be great. We invest in in lessons and schooling and sports equipment, join clubs and teams. We follow the examples of the successful, copying their workouts and diets and taking notes of their tips and tricks to the perfect life. And we're bombarded daily by, by commercials that hold up images of the good life and invite us and promise us that if we buy their product, we can achieve it. We know what it's like to be great in this world, in the earthly kingdom. We also know what it's like to be not so great, to be the one who's, who's picked last every time in baseball because to say that she's not good would be an understatement. Or to be the kid who's trying to ignore the, the snickers of the other kids because his pants are a little bit too short and his shirt's faded. There isn't money at home for new clothes to be ignored and and talked over at the office, to struggle to to recover from past mistakes that have sent life spiraling downward. We know what it's like to be overlooked, ignored, and brushed aside in the clamor to catch the attention of those who are great. That's how things work in our worlds. We know who's great and who's not so great. But what about in the kingdom of heaven? How does it work there? We could ask with the disciples, Jesus, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? If I read my Bible every day and and commit to memorizing chunks of it, will I be great? How about if I attend church regularly and get involved in serving, will I be great? Or or what if I give uh, at least a tenth of my income as a tithe to the church and sponsor a child through compassion on top of that? Or or take on a leadership role and start and lead a a small group or life group? Or or what if I give up my career and, and go to church to become a pastor or a missionary and train for that? Will I be great then? Where's the model for us to imitate? 
How do we achieve greatness in God's eyes? Give us some advice, Jesus. You can imagine Jesus slowly shaking his head. He points to a child. Truly I tell you, unless you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Imagine the disciples now scratching their heads, completely confused. What does Jesus mean? In those days, children had no position, no honor, no power, no influence. How could just a child be great? The kingdom of heaven turns our categories for greatness upside down. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are are not those who know their Bible best, attend church most faithfully, give the most money each week, or volunteer with the most enthusiasm. As Jesus holds up the example of the little child, it's as if Jesus is saying, you can't earn your way into the kingdom of heaven. God comes to you when you are like that little child with nothing to offer in terms of earthly power or influence. God loves you and accepts you, not because of what you've done or because of what you've not done, but because of what Jesus has done. In the parable of the wandering sheep, Jesus paints a picture of a shepherd who risks it all for the hope of finding his wandering little one. The beautiful thing is, that shepherd is Jesus Christ himself. God come down in in human flesh, in the person of Jesus. In another passage of scripture, in, in the book of John, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus does just that. He puts his life on the line, lays it down, gives it up, suffers and dies on the cross, all so that he can bring the wandering little ones back home. Because of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, God meets us where we're at. And he says to us, come home, my child. See my arms, they're open wide. Come, gather around the table, sit at my table. This is where you belong. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, I love you before you've done a thing to deserve it. It's a gift. It's grace. Maybe this morning you need to hear that good news. Because maybe you don't have it all together and your life feels like a bit of a mess. Maybe you've done some stuff and you don't feel like you deserve God's love. Or maybe maybe you've been trying so hard to be good enough to fit in and belong and earn God's favor and approval, and it's exhausting. Personally, there are times when, when I fall into that pitfall and trap of trying to measure up, trying to be great by earthly standards. And I fall into the, the, the comparison trap in the wondering if I'm good enough, if I'm, if I'm smart enough, if I can sing well enough, if I can play music well enough, if, if I can preach a good enough sermon. 
And it's exhausting. And whenever I get into that really unhealthy kind of mindset, God humbles me. He reminds me again of my own limitations and at the same time of of how he is able to work in and through us despite our limitations. He brings me back to that place where, where I'm a little child again, being held in the arms of the good shepherd, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God brings me back to the basics I learned as I learned how to talk. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. This is the heart of the gospel, the good news of of God's grace that he's blessed us with. At Hope Fellowship Church, we often say that, that we're blessed to be blessing. We recognize the goodness of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. How he's blessed us with the gift of of his grace, with the gift of belief and the ability to to belong to the family of God. And we respond to that blessing with gratitude, looking for ways that, that we can share that blessing and reach out to bless others. And in many ways, this is what this parable of the lost sheep is all about. Through this parable, Jesus not only points forward to to how he will seek out the wandering, he also calls his disciples into a specific and countercultural way of living. The, The text begins with this sentence. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. It's as if Jesus is saying, don't get so caught up in your desire to be great that you lose sight of the little ones who are close to my heart, who I care about. In the kingdom of heaven, the little ones matter. The ones who are not so great in terms of the kingdom of this earth, those are the ones that are near and dear to God's heart. Those who are overlooked and marginalized, who maybe struggle physically, mentally, or financially. The one who stands outside of the group, wondering if they'll fit in or belong. The ones who are bullied, either on the playground or in the office. The ones who have made mistakes and done things they're not proud of, been labeled, judged, seen heads shaking and fingers pointing in their direction. Your Father in heaven cares deeply about those little ones. He is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Through the parable of of the wandering sheep, Jesus challenges his disciples and he challenges us to be a community that cares about the little ones. A community who values those who might otherwise be tempted to, to overlook or even despise. He challenges us to reach out with the same kind of love that motivated a shepherd to leave the rest of his flock and go out to seek the one wandering sheep to bring them home. When I first came to Hope Fellowship Church, I learned a new song here called Reckless Love. The bridge of that song has the lyrics, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. It's beautiful words that that 
speak of God's love for us through Jesus Christ and, and the extent to which God will go through to bring his wandering little ones home. There's one time when I was singing this song where, where God impressed on me that the little ones are, are not just me, but that there are other people who he loves with that same kind of love. And some of them are, are still struggling. Some of them are still wandering. Some of them are still lost and far from him. And he longs to bring them home. They're in the shadows. They're alone on the mountain, afraid. There's a wall between them and God, a wall of, of lies that needs to be torn down. And as I sang that song, God challenged me that he wanted to work through us, the church, to be the ones who allow him to work through us, to be able to, to light up those shadows, to climb up those mountains to find them. To, to kick down the walls and, and tear down the lies that are keeping people from God. How do we do that? There's not a, a one-size-fits-all to seek the wandering and bring them home. The first thing we have to do is pray and seek the Holy Spirit's guidance because ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who works in people's hearts to bring them home. And we just get to be participants in that. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes for opportunities and ways that he wants to use us. And, and if we say that to God, he'll bring people and situations into our lives, places where he wants us to act and speak we say, God, I am yours today. Show me what you want me to do. He'll make it clear. So that's where we start, with prayer, with reliance on the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding and prompting. And then we respond with, with obedience to those promptings. We respond with, with trying to see each and every person that we meet throughout our days through the eyes of Jesus. Especially if it's a person who annoys us or frustrates us or sees things quite differently than us and someone who confuses us or we don't quite understand. We see them through the eyes of Jesus and do our best to respond to them as Jesus would. Sometimes seeking the wandering may mean a phone call, listening, hearing what's going on in someone else's life. Or other times, it, it may look like sending out a note of encouragement or just checking in with someone to see where they're at and how they're doing, encouraging them. Still other times, it, it may look like including the person who's sitting on the outside and inviting them to join you. It could taste like a, a meal shared around a table. It comes in a desire to understand what someone else is going through and when you see things a different way, to, to take the time to try to understand the other perspectives. At church, school, or political meetings, it, it sounds like considering the needs of the little ones in every decision that gets made and being the voice that speaks up to make sure that the voices that are on the edges that may otherwise go unheard are heard and that their input is considered. It looks like being willing to lay aside our own preferences and comforts 
for the sake of others. Here at Hope Fellowship Church, I've seen you living into this call to be a community that values the little ones. Over the years, so many of you have given of your time to pour into the next generation, teaching them the good news of what Jesus has done for them. As you serve in in children's ministry, in Sunday school, gems, cadets, youth. Others of you have plugged in and connected with life groups, groups, small groups that that create space for accountability and for growth and for people to, to connect and learn from each other, to hold each other in community. Still others of you model what it, what it means to care for the f- poor and vulnerable in our own communities and around the world. You point to opportunities, tangible opportunities for us to step in and help people who are going through challenging times. You show us how to love the little ones, whether that's by inviting people over, whether that's by sponsoring a family to come to Canada or supporting a a pregnancy resource center in the Dominican, serving on a disaster response team through World Renew, or whether it's through helping and meeting the needs of the homeless youth in our own area. Through your stories and, and through the examples of your lives, I see the love of Jesus being shared as you live into this calling to be blessed, to be blessing. When we live into this call that God has on us, we catch glimpses of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. In the kingdom of heaven, the most vulnerable are loved, cared for, and protected. In the kingdom of heaven, those who have made mistakes find forgiveness and acceptance. The wandering come home without fear of being judged. And accountability is used to draw people deeper into relationship with God. In the kingdom of heaven, we seek the wandering, not to pursue greatness for ourselves or to try to be great in the kingdom of heaven, but because we long to see them in the loving embrace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's join with the disciples in praying these words that Jesus taught them to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's celebrate the ways in which the Spirit is at work, renewing our earthly kingdoms to make them more like the kingdom of heaven. And let's look forward in hope to that day when the kingdom of heaven will come in all its fullness. Would you pray with me? Good Shepherd, we come here today from all different places. Some of us are grazing in green pastures beside still waters. Life is good and we are full of hope. Be our shepherd through the times of joy. Others of us are in a valley and we wonder when the road will turn up again. Help us to sense your presence. Give us courage so that we will not fear evil because we know that you are with us. Be our shepherd in the times of pain and trial. And some of us have wandered. We're not really sure where we're at with this whole faith thing. We're here, but we're not really close to you. We feel far away. We feel that distance. Be our shepherd to bring us back home. Thank you, God, that you know us and you love us. You are our God. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. 
Even as we recognize the depth of your love for us, help us to reach out and share that love with those around us. Teach us to become a community that that mirrors your care for the little ones and your desire to see those who wander come back home. Amen.